This is where we meet, sharing conversations from New Mexico and beyond. I'm Chelsea Reedy, and this show is supported by the National Endowment for the Humanities. On today's show, we hear from Joanna Keen Lopez, a multidisciplinary artist whose work brings together large-scale installation, adobe architecture, and sculpture as a reimagining of landscape and place. Her social sculptures work with the materials of adobe, alise, paper, and natural dyes and investigates the environment by reenacting geometrical forms, engaging natural materials, and placing the work and the viewer into the landscape. Through this work, Keen Lopez seeks healing and reparation of fragmentation towards land, home, family, and community that is connected to her own multi-generational roots in New Mexico. She has exhibited nationally at institutions which include the Momentary of the Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art, Site Santa Fe, the National Hispanic Cultural Center Art Museum, and Blue Star Contemporary, and participated as artist-in-residence at A to Z West and U-Cross Foundation. I first speak to Keen Lopez about how she came to working with Adobe and connecting with Carol Cruz and Anita Rodriguez, both renowned artists and Adobe builders who are masters at preserving earthen architecture as enjaradoras. The first thing I want to start with is that I think a lot of your work is around Adobe architecture. And part of your study in this area included actually coming up to Taos and studying with Carol Cruz and Anita Rodriguez um, years ago. Uh, but but really before that, I'm curious, uh, how did you first come to MUD? What made you interested in, in, in it as a medium? Suppose I was originally interested in, in MUD uh, based off of my, my family roots in Socorro, New Mexico. We have an old land grant called Lopezville over there. And some of the original, original Adobe homes are... Um, they have like old calcimine paint on them and you can see different layers uh, from over like, I don't know, like 100, 150 years of different layers um, kind of peeling and Manta de Techo, which is like a piece of fabric that goes under the vigas to catch dirt. Right now, everything is like pretty much abandoned and kind of relatively falling apart, at least um, within my own uh my own road in, in Lopezville. Um, and so there's just something so beautiful about Adobe architecture and this um, thinking about it as, as a building practice, but even more so as, as these beautiful touches of like an artistic practice. And so you can see at Lopezville how the original homes are Adobe and then, and then it kind of, as time went on and assimilation that was happening more in modernization, it's like Adobe and cinder block, and then it's frame and stucco, and then eventually um, trailers. And so I've been really interested in thinking about these traditional practices in engagement with land that um, aren't as common anymore. And so I was really interested, and I was living in Taos, and I, uh, I was able to get to know Anita and Carol. That makes me think of one of the things that I... Uh, found in researching you and your work is um, Maria Manuela. She wrote a piece, I think, uh, that kind of featured you and, and kind of everything that you're working on. And uh, here's what she, one of the sentences that she wrote. She says, 
and I quote, we practice traditions to reconnect with our natural identities. When an older woman, woman teaches a younger woman to master a traditional craft, the younger woman gains a piece of the past and brings it with her to the present. Uh, that's what um, Maria wrote. And I found that, well, one, so beautiful. But I wonder, could you talk about that and, and in terms of your experience? Yeah. When I first met Anita, I was just, I was really blown away. I mean, her home is so beautiful that she builds and the people she studied with as far as um, other women elders in, in Taos or Hassan Fati. Um, I mean, and just the knowledge of understanding relationship with the land where you live and also the people. And and also, I, I think one thing Anita mentioned to me was that, you know, people have worked with with Adobe because they had to. It was necessary. That was what was there. Like, it's vernacular architecture, so you use what's available in your environment. And with, with Carol also just was so, just so amazing. She's so, she's such a lovely, lovely person and also built her own home and just, there's just something really incredible about, about women working within their community and building their ground from their home from the ground up. (laughs) And, uh, and it's kind of like a philosophy really of living and a philosophy of how you're engaging with um, yourself and others and your environment. And it sounds like some of what you learned, I mean, yes, it applies to your artistic work, um, but maybe perhaps even just how you understand life. Working with mud and Adobe, it is, it, there is some kind of philosophy of life um, aspect about it, whether you like it or not, the more you get into it. And, uh, you know, you did ask earlier about another reason, like why I got interested in this material. And I kind of have an interesting, funny story, right, right around the time when I started to want to um, study with Anita and Carol, I was working on my honors thesis exhibition for the University of New Mexico. And I was, um, I was thinking about working with Adobe and Adobe Bricks, and I had already started um, doing working with Elise and mud, um, mud plastering. But I found a post on Craigslist here in Albuquerque, and someone was giving away these old Adobe bricks from his grandfather's home in Old Town. And so I went over there and met him, and kind of became friends. And he gave me a bunch of these old these old Adobe bricks, and I brought them home, and they were kind of falling apart. So I went ahead and I made my own wooden form. And then I broke up the, the adobes and inside of them were these old newspaper clippings and rolling papers from like, I don't know if they were from the 20s or the 40s or earlier, but it just felt like finding like ghosts of the past within this earth. And especially because I grew up like in the South Valley and Old Town and just in that area. So it was sort of like, seeing my own community in like an archaeological sense within within these um these adobes and and so there's something just so there's something so magical about that so one of the the ways that uh, I've seen that you describe your work is um seeking healing and reparation of fragmentation towards land home family and community can you talk about this in, in, in kind of relation either to some of your current installations or just kind of this exploration and this discovery and working with Adobe architecture, et cetera? So for me, with my own personal relationship um, with land and family and Adobe, it's over at Lopezville, you can really see this 
this uh, movement away from from working with the actual land or even the relationship with family. And so you can see that with trailers and how that's just like an easy cheap way to to be living which is okay I've I've lived in trailers yeah not like it's a negative thing no not at all I literally grew up in a trailer park (laughs) in the South Valley at one point for me when I think about reparation of land home family and community I think a lot about the loss of that when I think about my family in Squirrel and Lopezville it's pretty much it's pretty much abandoned other than my my cousin Roy and Almost everything's been foreclosed on. There's been a lot of trauma. A lot of people have died um, or moved away or have been in prison or estranged. And there's just been so much loss of personal connection and community and relationship with land and seeing that that movement away from, from working with land and the um, accessibility and of maybe frame and, and trailers. And, and so I think my practice really does stem originally from, from thinking about working with, with earth in a creative um, reimagining of how to return to this material and how to create um, new ways of thinking about working with Adobe. And also the fact that Adobe architecture or just working with mud in general, it really is about relationships with people. And so ultimately, I feel like my practice has been about bringing more people in or engaging with others or teaching and recreating those, recreating that within my practice. One of the things uh, I was wondering about is um, some of these, uh, the installations that you do in museums or uh, various outdoor spaces. And this is kind of a two-part question, but it relates to what you just said about community. Because you're dealing with this natural material, so it's like the logistics of getting the natural material to the museum or to the wherever you're doing the install, and then really building your, your form and your installation there, and me imagining that that really has to be done with others. But I wonder if you could describe what that process is like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I've been building larger um, with um, with installation, I have really had to let go of control and and allow other people into my practice. and And it's really become, I think, like a like a, a big strength because of the relationships that have formed and um, bringing you know teaching people about about the tools and materials and history and. And um, even politics, really, because mm-hmm. it's political, I think. I have a friend, a very good friend. Her name's Helen Levine, and she runs um, New Mexico Earth Adobes, which is one of the last Adobe manufacturing yards in New Mexico. And she's over in the South Valley, or the North Valley. And her and I actually teach workshops together over there. Um, but I purchase a lot of my Adobe bricks from her and I have been for a long time. Her father started it in the seventies and, um, yeah, we like bring the Adobe bricks in and like for this installation, the solo exhibition I just had at site Santa Fe, I invited, um, I put a call out, um, for 10 volunteers to come and do a workshop at the museum to learn about Adobe architecture and um, building and 
leveling and laying the debris and composition, um, like material and soil composition. And what does that mean within the context of contemporary art? Did they actually help you with the install or was it already installed and then the work was around that? Oh, they helped me with the install. Which I think is so neat because it is. It's like, hey, community, come in. Let's learn about this and kind of go through this process together. What does a de-install look like of, of an Adobe piece of architecture that you've built there? Mm-hmm, because they're very, it's very site-specific made for that space. And so what I've been having is kind of re, reusing a lot of, of the, the work that I do in the installations. I've been thinking about oh, should I go ahead and maybe build them on like some kind of concrete where they could be lifted and then saved? And possibly that could work in the future, but I've actually been really enjoying building them on site and and then reusing them again. Interesting. So the form that is, let's say, installed at at a specific space, that's actually goes away. You don't keep the, let's say, the wall intact or anything. It reminds me of a, a mandala, like a sand mandala or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very particular to the museum or gallery. And um, I like it because storing art is hard unless someone purchases it, obviously. And then I could like recreate it. But but yeah, I, I like it um, in that sense. It's been good for my practice, I think. Yeah. And I guess one big thing about working more with others and with being working larger is my ability to 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 delegate tasks and to explain very clearly what to do. And so I feel like that's been, as an artist, my, yeah, it's just been my practice has been pushing towards that more. In a way connected to that, I think um, aspect that I was really interested in is that some of these pieces have a performance component. And what I mean is that sometimes part of your design is really almost like, I would say, creating a stage um, for others to share. There's also this idea, I think, of the Rasolana. Can you talk about that and how that fits in to some of this? The concept of Rasolana, which is a sunny side of a wall where people can gather to converse and platicar and talk. Um, that was, I, I worked on that particular project for an Andy Warhol Foundation grant. And um, it was called Rasolana Public Art and Performance, where I did host different women to come and do different types of performances, including music and poetry and shadow puppetry. So that was a very, that was a very particular one. Um, I actually have not done other performances in engagement other than that one, but I am organizing one at the Sarasota Art Museum in April, mm-hmm. which is um, a continuation of the a Crystal Bridges exhibition, State of the Art exhibition I was in, that's continuing on. And we were supposed to have performances for that one, but then COVID happened. I'm really looking forward to, um, yeah, like even beyond bringing people in to help with with the installations to like bring other people in for performance. And so I'd like to push that um, more and see what that is like because um, I found it really, I found it really amazing when I did. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what was neat to you? about seeing people in a way interact with and use this this kind of setting or scene you created. Gosh, a, a piece of art created that um, is beautiful on its own. It's meant to be looked at. And then it's also at the same time meant for people to come and interact with it and be part of it and then create even more. 
that's what I see with it. But tell me, tell me what you see. I really like the idea of creating a gathering space where there was no gathering space and just bringing people together because it's just such, it's just really amazing to, to share creativity with others and especially with live performance. And I, I'm a, I'm a musician myself and I love it a lot. And so I think that we could have more of that, especially in New Mexico with creatives coming together and us being in conversation and, and um, supporting one another. We've focused on Adobe and Adobe architecture, but I also know that you work with paper. I love this, these two images, Adobe, mud, heavy, not at all floating, very much like rooted, it, like, well, literally coming from the ground. And then on the other hand, paper, same thing, definitely a, mat a natural material, but kind of there's this um, almost a lightness, almost like the clouds in a sense. I wonder if you could talk about how paper came into your world and how, I don't know, if that balance, that mud and that paper, what, what that means to you, if anything. I guess I've always thought about my studio, not just like four walls of a studio. It's like more, what's my environment? Like who are the people in my environment? And I became very obsessed with um, making paper from plants for about a year. I burned myself out and, um, but I still love paper and I really like dyes, the natural dyes. So I experimented quite a bit with fabric, but then I got very interested with natural dyes on paper and working with wire and how um, you can work with um, thinking about shape and um, color and texture and process. And so that's where I kind of got very interested in paper. And also there's kind of a, just even traditionally, people used to put just wallpaper directly on Adobe walls on the interior. And so I always found that to be really interesting. And I'd like to bring the paper and the, and the mud like together more. And so, yeah, just more experiments to come. Yeah. Sounds like it. Well, thank you so much for your time. So appreciate you uh, talking with us. special thank you to Joanna Keen Lopez for sharing her knowledge of vernacular architectural techniques. Her most recent work, part of the Art Meets History, Many Worlds Are Born exhibition, is at 516 Arts in Albuquerque. Where We Meet comes from Taos Center for the Arts in Taos, New Mexico, and is supported by the National Endowment for the Humanities. Producers include Colette LaBeouf, Chelsea Reedy, Alice Morion, Ariana Cubillos-Vogler, and Joshua Aragon. Research and writing by Jacqueline Paul. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of the National Endowment for the Humanities. On Where We Meet, we share conversations from New Mexico and beyond. Thanks for listening. Be well.